0: welcome to tower talks with inside towers the wireless infrastructure industries podcast and now for your weekly recap a timely review of this week's top headlines and takeaways here's your host
1: welcome to inside towers week in review i'm leslie stimson inside towers washington bureau chief with me are john solentano our business editor sharp smith our technology editor and jim fryer our managing editor so, John, you had an adventure this week at Metro Connect. Tell us about it.
0: Uh, yes, Leslie, I sure did. It was uh, actually kind of nice to get down to Florida and, and enjoy some warm weather uh, uh, while the rest of the country was in a in a deep freeze. But uh, Metro Connect is an interesting conference. This was the first one of the year that <clears throat> uh, we'll be attending. <clears throat> it's not a trade show per se. It's really a, an opportunity for companies in the digital infrastructure business. I mean, by that, I mean, tower companies, uh, fiber uh, operators, data centers, uh, edge compute um, uh, folks uh, have an opportunity to meet with and uh, network with investors. Uh, These are private equity investors, uh, uh, different uh, 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 investment funds uh, from uh, small and large firms alike, so. um, quite well attended. Uh, this is um, what was my second year in attending uh, this session, but, um, you know, the people that, uh, the number of people I I met while I was there said they'd been coming for four or five years and it's grown every year. Uh, I had heard some estimates of upwards of 1500 people in attendance at this session. So it was uh, uh, pretty active, a lot of, uh, a lot of discussions going on, a lot of good presentations. They had a full schedule of, um, um uh, presenters and panel discussions on a range of topics everything from uh you know towers to 5g to edge networks and data centers and fiber networks and uh, for fiber to the home so uh i managed to to get in on a a, a number of um key discussions uh as a observer and a listener and uh, and i had a chance afterwards to to uh talk with um, a few of the people that were involved but um you know give me an idea of some of the topics that <clears throat> um, on tuesday there was a panel i sat in on and it ran monday tuesday and wednesday of this week and um, um but it, it was honestly it was jam-packed for the, the full session but um there was one panel on how do we accelerate 10g to the tower nationwide and we had uh, reps representatives from uh tower operators and uh fiber companies um, you know most towers today have at least a, a, a with fiber to the tower have a, a 1g one gigabit connection but with the volume of date, mobile data increasing every year um, uh, there's a need to to build a bigger pipe to the tower and now they're talking about 10 gigabits um, uh, uh, per second uh, or 10g uh, connections to the tower. So the feeling amongst a number of participants was 10G should be adequate for most traffic requirements, even, even uh, fully loaded with smartphones connected to the site. But um, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of um, device, Internet of Things uh, devices that are generating um, uh, mobile traffic as well. So, um, uh, so it's a challenge to get that kind of capability to each tower each tower may not need it but then you know it's more than just running the fiber to the tower you need to do a lot of work back in the core of the network so that was an interesting discussion Um, we did have a presentation on Wednesday from April McLean Delaney who is the Deputy Assistant Secretary of Commerce for Communications and Information at the National Telecommunications and Information Administration better known as NTIA and she talked about um, all the good things about um, uh, the benefits of, uh, of uh, digital uh, infrastructure and connectivity and closing the digital divide and enhancing Americans' international competitiveness. And then the programs, of course, that the, uh, the government has uh, put forth to to enable a lot of that expansion. And, and in, in her role, her department's role, they're overseeing the, the BEAD program that we've covered uh, extensively in our daily publication, as we all know, and um, and she encouraged the audience members in the audience to um, look into what it takes to take advantage of the funding opportunities that are uh, available to participants and in, in, in building out this infrastructure. Interestingly, and we we've, we've debated this a little bit uh, ourselves uh, as to the stance at NTIA, uh, is taking where it seemed they were favoring more of a fiber-led uh, deployment versus uh, taking advantage of or using fixed wireless access. She stated that the the NTIA is looking at all and every uh, proposal to deploy um, either fiber or or wireless, as the case may be, in given instances. Uh, we'll have to see how that plays out, but. Um, um, as a spokesperson for for the NTIA, um, she clarified uh, something that had been on our minds certainly, and we, uh, as we've talked about, as to what position they're taking, and, and she seemed to to more or less leave it open as to what technology solution would be adopted in in any or many of these proposals. Uh, we heard other other conversations, uh, other panels talking about. Uh, the need for uh, increased collaboration across vertical markets with the, the carriers, the suppliers, the end users in terms of uh, you know, helping to accelerate 5G across the country. And then, um, you know, other discussions regarding data centers and how data centers become can, can become more energy efficient. You know, data centers are power hogs basically and uh, they need a lot of uh, power to run the, the equipment Then they need a lot of power... And and water to cool the equipment, uh, the servers in the data center. So, um, uh, interesting discussion around that, and and possibly how data center architecture needs to evolve to be more application oriented and less of a just a, a you know a property that uh, stores data and, and crunches data, but. Um, you know, overall, it was a, a really a productive conference. I think the uh, the attendees at large came away with a, a positive outlook for the uh, digital infrastructure business in twenty twenty three and uh, and for uh, a few years to follow. So we, um, yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to the the next set next year session as well. I think it'll even be uh, bigger and and certainly these kind of sessions bring us up to date in terms of what's going on in the industry, what the outlook among the the various players are and. and more importantly, what what the investors feel about um, uh, this this business. So uh, I think the takeaway is that it's positive, and we're going to see continued um, investment in this area for uh, the next several years at least.
1: Thank you for that comprehensive uh, coverage. It sounds like it was really worthwhile going there.
0: Uh, so from our part, uh, yes, it was. Um, you know, it made a lot of people. But and by the way, we get a lot of positive feedback about what Inside Towers is doing. Just about everybody I I spoke to, and some I didn't know, they said they knew me. But when we exchange cards, they said, Ah, yes, we get your stuff. We really like it. So I I, I think uh, you know, for for us, where the feedback is, uh, uh, we're doing some good stuff, and and it's appreciated uh, um, by the the people in the business. All
1: right. Well. So this week, the Biden administration stopped approving licenses for US companies to export most items to Huawei. Uh, Huawei has faced US export restrictions around items for 5G and other technologies for several years, but there was always an exception. Um, For example, Qualcomm received permission in 2020 to sell 4G smartphone chips to Huawei. A Commerce Department spokesman said officials continually assess our policies and regulations, but they didn't want to comment on talks with, about, with and about specific companies. Of course, Huawei has long denied that the U.S. US government claims that its telecom equipment could be used for espionage by China. A source told Reuters that U.S. officials are creating a new formal policy of denial for shipping items to Huawei that would include items below the 5G level, including 4G items, Wi-Fi, 6 and 7, artificial intelligence and high performance computing and cloud items. Bloomberg noticed, uh, noticed that U.S. officials are at an early stage in these talks over Huawei with any decision potentially to be made in May. Sharp, what are you going to talk about? Well, Leslie, uh, a
2: couple of things came onto my radar uh, screen this week, uh, looking at uh, the European uh, Union and uh, their uh, proposal proposal. They've been sitting on for a while um, to require uh, tech companies to pay for the, uh, uh, the growth of the Internet. And um, it's something that's been proposed over there, but they uh, have brought it up again. And it's a, uh, it's a fair share vision with, with, from the uh, EU's executive uh, committee where they look at the large tech companies, uh you know folks like uh uh Netflix or uh alphabet, aka uh Amazon, um and you know the folks that are streaming videos uh providing very data data heavy services which are really you know driving the um the the fiber uh deployment at this time and uh so their idea is to uh is to help pay for uh uh, the traffic that they generate, and uh, the uh, this comes from Bloomberg, the original news, and uh, Nine to Five Mac, another publication, reported that uh, uh, they sort of, I guess, backed up the uh, the possibility that uh, that you know folks like uh, Netflix could be you know on the on the hook for uh, for for some of this development because. Uh, when the pandemic was in its early stages, the uh, the EU looked at uh, looked at the tech companies like Apple Plus and those folks, and uh, and required them to uh, uh, to reduce their bandwidth uh, in order to uh, reduce the strain on the internet. So uh, uh, I think. I think they watch things very closely. I think they hold held pe- they hold people accountable, and uh, uh, there's also been some lawsuits uh, uh, against tech companies that have been successful over in the EU. So uh, uh, this could uh, this could be something that that goes through. So that was one of my uh, one of my articles, and, uh, and the second one is. Uh, uh, it's it's kind of whimsical, but it's it's uh I guess it's only whimsical if you uh, if you're a Star Trek fan, Leslie. Um, the uh, uh, J- Japan's NTT uh, DoCoMo is uh, working on uh, technology, which is really targeted at uh, at the six G future of, uh, of when we start using uh, a lot a lot more millimeter wave technology you know 28 gigs and up and uh, the, the problem with the with the waves uh, the reason we haven't used them before is uh, because they're so short and uh, and they uh, they all just hit a wall and just die uh, so the uh, this piece of technology that uh, that that uh, NTT DoCoMo's uh, developed is a uh, it's a it's a piece of film that you can uh, you can stick on a on a window and and take basically uh, uh, it's it's got something called a meta a meta service meta surface on it and uh, it's a design that you can't see. You know, you can see out the window. is fine. It looks like a piece of uh, plastic on the window, so it doesn't block the view at all. But uh, it takes um, uh, the uh, frequencies, the 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 RF waves that are maybe are being developed from uh, from from a trans transmitter inside a building, and will redirect them outside to a, a to a dead spot that you want to, uh, uh, to hit. And, uh, so, um, in essence, what, what they're doing is they're, they're, they're trying to figure out how to, uh, to make these, these RF waves, which are non-line of sight, uh, or I guess I'm sorry, they are, uh, they're line of sight. You know, if you can't see the transmitter, you're not going to get the, the signal. And what this does is, uh, it's allows you to uh, redirect these frequencies, these waves, and uh, uh, allow them to uh, to provide non-line-of-sight uh, coverage. So, little things like that. I think it's going to be, you know, a lot of. Uh, it's going to take a lot to make uh, the this these RF waves usable. So, but little things like this are uh, are or step in the right direction, it looks to me like. So uh, interesting news, things that uh, maybe, maybe not on our radar screen right now, but uh, uh, eventually when we get to 6G and your 5G evolution and then 6G, um, these will be, uh, will be very important.
1: Thank you, Sharp. I I especially was interested when you invoked the cloaking technology in your story, so.
3: Don't get her started, Sharp.
1: <laughs> Jim, you had a story about, uh, it wasn't a recall, but I think it was a note about a piece of equipment that
3: you yeah, needed a, to be
1: aware of, something going on with it.
3: Right. It was uh, under the category urgent notice. So they were not saying this is an urgent recall or a stop, stop use, but stop use nonetheless. Um, and we like to get these out as soon as they come across our desk. And uh, this one was certainly no exception. It was earlier in the week. Um, obviously you wanna get the details, check our January 31st issue uh, on, on this, but uh, a uh, hoisting grip, pre hoisting grip and some other items uh, were, um, were deemed uh, unusable and uh, apparently there was some incident involved, which was not explained. What the incident was, but we were told there was there's an ongoing investigation as to the the failure of these items. Uh, these are uh, um, called Match Masterline Classic Hybrid 12 by 24 items. Um, and uh, I know uh, Huber's Sooner is a, is a big supplier of these. And they were the ones who uh, did the right thing by, by making the announcement and uh, notifying their, all their suppliers and notifying the media uh, to that they had ceased distribution on the, the pre-laced hoisting grip used in the installation of Master Classic Hybrid 12x24 products. So, like I said, you can get a, get a full list of what those products are in our January thirty first issue, or you can contact uh, Huber Sooner. Contact their their website, and uh, they should have a notice of it as well. So, um, yeah, stop uh, stop using those things, and um, we will continue to uh, try to get word on on that out. Uh, Whenever we whenever we get them, um, a lot of times they'll be accompanied by a stop use notification. Um, and I, as I said, it just says urgent notification, but I, th- I think uh, stop use is implied.
1: Thank you, Jim. That's a wrap. And thank you all for listening to Inside Towers Week in Review. For a complete rundown of all the week's stories, check out our Saturday edition. We'll see you in a week.